Welcome to a Global Journey podcast, a global podcast for global Christians, where exposure breeds a burden. We're your hosts. I'm Jeanette Mendez. And I'm Kara Dibble. We'll be interviewing ministers from around the world, sharing stories of life on the field, and connecting you with our global community. Join us as we journey together to discover what it truly means to be a global Christian. So welcome to our intro episode of Behind the Mic. We're going to be talking a little bit about ourselves, the hosts. I'm Kara. And I'm Jeanette. Yeah, so we're just going to introduce you to who's behind the mic. Yeah, we just wanted to introduce ourselves a bit, um, introduce what a global journey is, what the vision is, what it's going to be about, what you can expect from it. Um, but also, you're never actually going to know what to expect. No, because yeah. Hey, that's the fun of it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're learning as well. We're uh, coming up with new ideas, so hopefully there'll be new things coming along all the time. In Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're Jeanette, but how long have you been on AIM? Um, so, um, I've been on AIM going on four years, technically speaking. Ooh, technically. Technically, yeah. Sounds like a story there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I originally came um, to Scotland. Okay, so we're both in Scotland. That's how we met. <laughs> uh, we're both AIMers in Scotland. And I first came for Bible school. So it was almost four years ago that I came to Harvest Bible College. There's my plug. Um, so <laughs> I came to Harvest Bible College four years ago and I wasn't on AIM then. Then I got on AIM. I joined AIM about six months in to me being a Bible school student. And I joined a program called AIM Education. So I did that. I was here for two years on AIM Education and then I guess technically transferred into just regular AIM after that when I stayed on the field. So yeah. So I've been here a couple, couple months. I it, think more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> She's been here since August. Yeah, um, August and it's what month is this? April. April. Yeah. So I've been here. Okay. So more than a couple months. Yeah. But you know, time, seven just, months. time just flies. Seven yeah. months. You've wow. been here for seven months. It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like seven months. Does it not? No. Cause I could just, I just kind of jumped in and it just like, it feels like I've always been here, but at the same time, it feels like I just got here. <laughs> To be honest, it still feels that way for me sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it feels like I've lived here my entire life, and I don't even remember what um, Oklahoma's like, but sometimes it's... I like, feel that, but then I go to the grocery store, and I'll look for something, and I can't find it, and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't grow up here. <laughs> <laughs> I think when it comes to grocery stores, um, I won't get too sidetracked, but when it, when it comes to grocery stores, I really do think that... I'm more used to our grocery stores here in the UK now than uh, back in the States. Because every time I go back, I I struggle. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been here longer. Yeah. Yeah. So. I may feel that way when I go back. It happens. It happens. <laughs> we've talked about how long we've been on AIM. Of course, we're both AIMers to Scotland in the United Kingdom. But let's just talk about a little bit about our involvement. What yeah. What do we do here? Um, first, I would just like to say... It really does rain as much as everyone says. Um, I love it. I love the rain, but I just wanted to get that stereotype out of the way. It's it, true. It, it's true. It's true. It rains every day. Um, but just it rains about. so much that it hasn't you... rained today, though. 
Yeah. For so- <laughs> well, okay, so for some reason during this lockdown, there's yeah, been the more sun. Just been... There's been more sun out than <laughs> the entire, like, usual summer yeah. of the year. But, but we digress. Yes. <laughs> so we're both a part of HBC, Harvest Bible College. As Jeanette said before, she went here as a student. I came here after graduating from IBC, and I came here to work in the Bible College as the Dean of Academics. It has been a lot of fun, so much, so much learning. Uh, a lot of people think that, you know, once you leave college, you're done. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. The learning experience never stops unless you refuse to keep learning, which I think personally is a very sad thing. I, I've always enjoyed talking to someone who I view as, you know, they've done a quite a bit of life and they say, Hey, look at this thing that I just found or listen to this thing that I just learned. And it just encourages me. Like there's always something else. There's always something yeah. else out there. So we're both, you know, in education, uh, both involved in the local church here and sister Jeanette, <laughs> her reach is much farther than just Glasgow and uh, the local workings here. I'm mostly based in Glasgow, but she is actually in uh, Perth. Perth. Yeah. So, I mean, me and Kara, like we, we spend a lot of time together because of the Bible school. Um, you know, she's academic dean. <laughs> so she she does a lot within the Bible school. I'm more of a part time at the Bible school. Um, but I mean, we both work for for the Bible school. But I live in Perth. I after graduating Bible school, I d- felt a call to move to the city of Perth, which is about 60 miles outside of Glasgow. Um, it had no apostolic work. And when I was in Bible school, my class and I essentially would go and prayer walk there, establish connections there. And so following Bible school, I thought, okay, I, I really didn't think that's where I was going to go. But God um, definitely moved in my life to head, to gear me in that direction. And so I relocated. I've been there for about a year and a half now, working alongside New Life Church here in Glasgow to establish a daughter work there. So just volunteering in the community, establishing Bible studies and doing what I can. Uh, I host a second year Bible school student every year starting this year. So for those that are thinking about coming to Bible school. Yeah, all of you students who are going to listen to us and support (laughs) and are thinking about second year, have you prayed about Perth? Have you prayed about Perth? Perth? Um, Yeah, so this year I I started hosting a Bible school student because the Bible school became such a big part of of me. Yeah. I mean, I came to Scotland to go to Bible school. I had no idea I was going to stay as an aimer and be doing what I'm doing now. And so when God called me to go to Perth to relocate and to work alongside the church here to establish a daughter work, I never lost that burden, that connection to the Bible school. I I stayed on as part-time staff to teach some of the classes and that sort of thing. But um, I knew that there was something more that I still wanted and felt to do alongside with the Bible school. So after living in Perth for a year, 
and talking to the staff here, we we wanted to offer more locations in which students could come to Bible school here to do the second year program, which is very practical, and also go out and be a part of a different church as like a almost an internship. And so at that point, we talked and we discussed about Perth being a location. I had my first student come alongside Amira. She's been amazing, wonderful help. And so after that, I was like, yeah, you know, I want to keep doing this. So <laughs> I think we're going to talk about, you know, how we got here. Uh, I love and hate this question. <laughs> how did you get here, Kara? to me, it's, I either give a really simple answer or a really complicated answer, uh, but most of the time when people say, oh, how did you start doing that? Or how did you get where you are right now? I just kind of like let there be some awkward silence while I stare at them. And then I just say, um, God. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you know, essentially it was the Lord. He did it. So I have actually always had missions on my heart ever since I was a small child. Uh, I just, I just had always loved the idea of being a missionary, of being involved in missions. Several of my family members are missionaries. My grandparents had so many stories. My dad was involved in missions in our district. He was the missions director. And so we had missionaries in and out of our house. And I just always loved their stories. And so I just always had that burden, but I never really knew where I would go or or what it would look like. You know, I had aspirations to do a missions trip at some point. I did one when I was pretty pretty young, but I wanted to do another one, you know, be more involved, not just be the child that my parents were dragging around <laughs> um, and making sure that, you know, I didn't get lost. And just to, you know, go for myself and, and be a part of something. Just, I think everyone should do a missions trip. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I I had it on the back burner for a long time because uh, I didn't know what missions was supposed to look like for me. And so I just kind of let it be in the back of my mind and always told myself, well, you know, it's still it's still a burden. It's still something that's on my heart. And as soon as God brings something up and as soon as God gives me the direction for it, you know, I'll be ready to go. But, you know, he hasn't. So let me just do what's in front of me to do. So I went to Indiana Bible College and it was a blast. Crazy as I'm sure everyone's Bible college experience <laughs> is. And I ended up working for the Dean of Biblical Studies and Dean of Academics there and got to see like the inner workings of Bible college. And it was just a really neat experience. And I think from that, it birthed the desire to, well, the passion for teaching really, and just the desire to be, to stay a part of the Bible college experience. And, you know, I didn't really talk about it. I never told anyone, oh, I would love to teach in a Bible college someday. It was just kind of in the back of my mind of like, wow, I would love, I would love to keep doing this like forever. <laughs> but again, I, I didn't really know that God was specifically calling me to that. It was just, again, kind of in the back of my mind. And I just focused on the job that I was doing at the moment and on my studies. One day, my boss 
Bobby Kilman and another one of the deans there, Robert Rodenbush, they got a message from the missionaries here asking for a student that could come on AIM and help them out for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked me if that would be something that I was interested in. They said that I was a good candidate. And I immediately felt these two different emotions of, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. And at the same time, just but wait, I've kind of already been told what I'm supposed to do after Bible college, and this is not it, but I really, really want to do this. So um, I had already kind of had plans to go home and work in my home church. And so it was kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I called, I think I called my pastor who's also my my dad. No, I think I told him in person. I think I told him when I when I went home for break. Yeah. So I told him um in person and he was just like, "Wow, that's an amazing opportunity. Um let's pray about it, but honestly, I feel really good about it." Uh yeah. And it that's it's not really like him mm. to give such a quick answer. And so I was like, "Wow, that's surprising." okay, God, I think this is really happening. And then I got like super nervous. So I filled out the AIM application, got accepted, started that whole process. And now I'm here and I love it. I I love the country. I love the college. I love the students. They may not think so, but I really do. Um, <laughs> she truly does. It's my job to nag them about stuff. But, you know, honestly, I if your heart's not in it, you're really not going to last yeah. in where you are for too long. Like you really have to remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and where your heart is at. And if your heart isn't in it, sometimes you have to remind yourself the purpose and just reignite that passion for what you're doing and, and what God has called you, called you to do. And at the very least, if you kind of forget what it is, your job is to tell other people about who God is and how are you accomplishing that. Right. And so, yeah, that's that's the long story about how I how got, or I, that's kind of the intermediate story about it is. how it's, I got it's here. It's quite in the middle about how I've heard you tell the story before. Yeah. At times I've heard you be very short with it, not too much detail, and at times I've I've see, I've heard this go quite quite lengthy. <laughs> but I could say the same thing about myself. So let's see if I can keep mine pretty short and intermediate. So how I got here was very different than Kara, but I mean, I love hearing the stories. After being here for four years, you kind of see so many aimers come through or other people involved in missions. You you meet each other, you become this big global family. And it's so interesting always for me to hear how everybody got to where they're at or, you know, and, and to be honest, that question itself kind of it's always hard for me because when I hear, how did you get here? I'm like, well, I'm, God's not done with me yet. <laughs> you know, what like, is here? what is here? Because sometimes I think people do see it like, oh, you're, you're there. How, no, I don't know. I, I just like the Lord. That is my God. answer. A lot of the times is I, I'm here because of God. I've gotten here because of God. <laughs> um, but I truly don't think, you know, the Lord's done with me yet. So whenever I look at things, I just take it one step at a time. And it's wherever he leads, that's where I'll go. I got here, I guess, 
if you look at it in the literal sense in Scotland, <laughs> I came for Bible on a plane. school. <laughs> on <the> plane. <laughs> exactly. I came for Bible school, um, which I've mentioned. I'm originally from Oklahoma, but that that whole story is quite complex because I'm from I was born in Oklahoma, raised most of my life in Oklahoma, but I did live in Mexico when I was a kid for a while. So yeah, both are my home countries. And then I went on my first, I guess, missions trip when in twenty fifteen. I went to India on AYC. Yeah, so that experience really was was probably my first taste into missions when you think about global missions. Now, to be fair, I had already lived in two different countries as a child, so I had that exposure of two different, two very different cultures. Um, I wasn't so much so sheltered into one specific culture, so I already had that. Um, that definitely played a part into my worldview and all those things. I wasn't raised in the church so i was raised catholic and came into the apostolic church when i was 16. an amazing church hope tabernacle in chickasha oklahoma pastored by billy adams i love them so much they're my home church they'll always be and so uh that that church is an amazing church that really does believe in revival so i i feel like i've always been exposed to that you know when i came into the church we had missionaries come through all the time. And so because I always had a heart for people and that's always been a part of me since I was younger, whenever we started, I started to get exposed to missions in that aspect, global missions. I just, there was a drawing there, you know, there was a burden that was instilled and um, my church preached having a burden for missions. And so I was definitely, that was something that I connected with and we, uh, we did a lot of outreach and we focused on missions locally. And so I think that was just in the early stages of me getting in the church, that was a big part of, of it. And then at one point I was just, I heard about AYC, which is a short term missions trip. And I thought I'll, I need to do something like that, you know? And so at first I thought I'm going to go to a Spanish speaking country because I speak Spanish and that's the only thing I know to do. <laughs> Um, but because God only uses us for what we know how to do. Yeah, that He's taught me that's not the that's not the case. <laughs> now, now I know. So um, that was my initial thought. But whenever I looked at the different options that were available and I prayed about it, that just wasn't where God was leading me. And I remember the year prior from the year I actually went, I had looked at the trips, and Thailand really got my attention. But I was being too self-conscious about it and I was like I'm not ready to go on a mission trip so I didn't do it that year then the following year I prayed about it again and it was the same kind of thing and then that time I went to India and so it was again it was Asia very different from my culture and you know both of my cultures that I, I was familiar with so it expanded my worldview even more now uh, to skip into how I came to Scotland I mean after AYC I thought I'm gonna go on a next steps trip probably which is like a longer missions trip and then I was like eventually I'm gonna go to Bible school at that time I didn't know that I would come to Harvest Bible School in Scotland to be fair um, at that point, I thought I was going to go to Asia. <laughs> I would have never met you, Karen. Um, well, maybe I would have, but, you know. God would have worked it out. Yeah, I mean, my heart is still is still very much everywhere that I've been. So I love Asia so much. I, I pray um, for so many of the nations there. I mean, I, I 
I really think that someday God's going to be the desire of my heart to visit at least again um, <laughs> in some, some capacity help there. But after that, I mean, I like I said, I thought I was going to go to, back to Asia. And then God opened the door for me to go to Bible school. And when that happened, even though there's so many great Bible schools in the States, and I'd been praying about a couple of them, none of them felt right for me. And now they're great Bible schools, but, you know, God leads us all in different directions. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up hearing about Harvest Bible College. It was um, a shorter program, slightly more affordable, and it was working directly under missionaries. So that was my biggest draw to it. Not necessarily that I thought I would come and I would stay in Europe, you know. (laughs) I just thought it's such a good experience. And I prayed about it. I talked to my pastor about it. And, you know, that's a long story, but long story short, I'm here. (laughs) I came here. I didn't even come on AIM. I came here as a student. And after being here as a student for a few months and sitting under amazing leadership that hears your burdens, hears, you know, where God is calling you and invests in you, they they suggested, Jeanette, you need to apply for AIM. And I was like, I'm still a student. I shouldn't apply for AIM. And they were like, (laughs) no, you should. <laughs> you really should. And so they encouraged me um, to do so. And it's funny because you, you said, you know, when God called you, Kara, to, to come here and after you've submitted your AIM application. And I, I always hear these stories like, oh, I, I submitted my AIM application. I'm so nervous. And I'm like, I don't really know what that's like. Well, I do in other capacities, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know what that initial process was like mm-hmm. of like being back home, applying for AIM, and then getting that response and then coming because I was already here when I applied for AIM. Um, Then, but every journey, every step after that was was definitely all those things of emotions because I was here for a year and then God called me to stay. And so I extended another year and then God called me to stay again and I just keep extending, you know. (laughs) So I've been here for almost four uh, now. And, you know, until... Wait, you mean God doesn't give you a five and ten year plan? No, I, you know what? I like to write out my five and ten year plans, but that's just not... And then be like, here, God, you take that. (laughs) That's just not how it's worked for me, honestly. Um, I do, I'm a planner. I'm a one in the Enneagram. So I do, I plan, I like lists. But that's just not how it works. At least that's not how it's worked for me. Um, I've had to definitely trust trust God a lot, a lot in that. But anyway, enough about me. Uh, we've we've been talking a lot, so we wanted to allow this introductory episode to kind of give you guys, whoever's listening, an idea who we are, but also what this podcast is supposed to be about, um, the vision behind it, and everything that that it is. I mean, we've talked about this for a while. The I guess I could say that the initial birthing <laughs> of the idea to start a podcast came from a class that we taught together in Bible, uh, at the Bible school. It was me, Kara, and Alyssa Hefner, which was supposed to be on this podcast. Wow, shade. <laughs> Straight shade. Um, but she, she decided that she would not. She's going to be a guest. She'll be a guest in the future. We already told her. Um, we had to teach a class on I'll go ahead and say the topic, yeah. uh, what to do when you don't know what to do, which will actually be our first episode that's coming after this. And when we were doing this, we were like, you know, 
we should do a podcast of some sort. So that was kind of the first idea yeah. that was thrown out there, but it was never solidified. We kind of joked about it back and forth. I think forth. it was more of each other testing the water of I think the so. seriousness of the other one because it's always so. been something that as individuals we wanted to do yes and then one of us said it and the other one was like "Ooh, are yes. they serious and then it was just this back and forth and we would joke about it every once in a while yeah. and just kind of like and that's the thing you know, is testing. that i've always wanted to do one as well yeah. um and but i like i told you i never wanted to do it alone mm-hmm. and so i think it was a little bit of us testing yeah. the waters and then obviously with this quarantine lockdown situation <laughs> or in the midst of a pandemic i've just i was just you know now's the time yeah like and i won't lie like i was i was thinking about it a lot and then i was praying about it. i even i was like lord is this something we should do and and one day i was just like yeah like <laughs> let's just do it and i remember i came to i came to you karen i was like look i know we've joked about it i know we've talked about it but i'm serious let's let's do, do this um and i think for me the main thing is i mean there's so many things to talk about but being a single aimer, relatively new to a lot of these things. And I guess for me on a personal side, like I don't come from a family that's in the ministry or like, I don't know these things. So a lot of it has been figuring things out on my own as I go. And so I I want this to be a resource, you know, mm-hmm. a resource to those that are missions minded, those that find themselves consider themselves to be a global christian or just want to learn more about missions we really are a global community i mean if you are listening right now and you're an aimer you'll know like we reference each other all the time as like (laughs) our aim family or global missions family and that's truly what we are we're a family but i know that there are so many people out there that desire to be a part of this family in the sense that the Lord's leading them that direction. They just don't know where to start, you know, you know, you know, and so I, I really felt like this, this podcast, being able to interview different people, being able to share some of our stories, maybe would be maybe that resource that a lot of people are looking for when it comes to missions minded podcasts. One of the things that I learned in Bible school a lot of people know this phrase. It's from Brother Jim Sleva. He always told us, exposure breeds a burden. And some people, you know, have a burden for something and they've never gone to a country, but at some point they were exposed to something that just ignited that burden, that passion. But the more you expose yourself to that thing, the more you research it, the more you think about it, the more you pray about it, or if you actually get to go to a place or you talk to a group of people because you feel a burden for that specific group of people, the more you expose yourself to it and the more you jump into it, that burden just, it sparks and it just takes off and grows. And so I think also part of what we want to do is just to get it out there of, of what missions really is. And it's, it's not just, okay, I'm going to pack my bags and get a plane ticket and go here. It's it's so much more than that. Yeah. What what really happens on, on the mission field and, and different fields have different experiences. And, you know, we're going to talk about that too, maybe in a serious and fun way. What is the burden that we as Christians should have yeah. for our world? You know, being a global Christian, what does it mean? And, and it's it's not just my circle of friends it's not just my community that i grew up in 
it's so much larger than that. Even if you never leave that community, you can still be a global Christian. And and how do you do that? And and what does it look like? And and what is the burden of the church? And and how are we going to connect the Christians around the world? And and how are we going to share our experiences? And and how are we going to breed that burden in our lives and in someone else's life? Yeah, I'm I'm very much of the school of thought that it's it's almost like every Christian should go on a mission trip Absolutely. At, least, at least once in their life. I mean, exposure, 100%. exposure does breed a burden. It changes you. It mm-hmm. gives you a different worldview, a different mindset. The way you go back, even if you don't, if you say, I don't feel a call to global missions, as in you're going to go, that doesn't matter. Like it, the way it affects you once you go back gives you that perspective of let's reach this world. Yeah. Let's reach my and world. I, I would even say like the experience of, of another country, of, a, of another culture, of another people mm-hmm. will even help you more effectively do what God has called you to do wherever you are i think so too even if you never go back to that place like it's it's still going to help you minister more effectively where god has called you 100 percent. and and so one thing that we were even discussing was i i will always say yes everyone should go on a mission trip at least once in their life but we hope that this avenue this podcast will also help expose you even if you're not leaving your home to kind of give you an idea we're using the we're kind of stealing that tagline of exposure no, we're, we're just getting it out there a little bit more even though it's already kind of around the globe yeah exactly but you know we want to be a global podcast for global christians where exposure breeds a burden and and we hope that that's what this becomes for you an avenue in which you will receive that burden through the exposure of everything that we'll be talking about and sharing. It won't just be us. I mean, we're on that journey with you. Trust me, we're on that journey (laughs) with you. And that's why we really are excited to be interviewing some of the people that we have coming on soon. I mean, I'm excited because I I know that I don't know everything. I'm I'm literally 24. <laughs> I don't know everything. I don't I barely know anything. <laughs> and so we know I'm, what we know, but we also know that there's a whole lot that we don't know. Yeah. So we are not claiming to know everything. On the contrast of that, <laughs> we are actually on this journey with you, and I I can't wait to hear what all of our guests will have to say and just to connect with each other on on this i'm excited to be doing this podcast with kara i told her i'm super excited mainly because we're such good friends we bounce right <laughs> off of each other but also we're very different with very different backgrounds yeah, i mean kara is a pk from <laughs> the northeast <laughs> um and i mean she she's had this experience where She's known about missions her whole life. This has been something that God's been working her whole life for as long as she can remember, probably. <laughs> Whereas uh, myself, I, I do think that God has definitely uh, worked in my life from the beginning to kind of lead me here. But I didn't come into full truth until I was 16. So my background is very different. I've moved around a whole lot. Um, I'm currently on my, I think it's seven. 16th 17th home that I've ever lived in I don't know if you've moved or have you moved uh no so my parents moved into the home that they're still in I think right before I was born actually oh my so I mean I I moved to another state for college and I'm I'm here now but as far as like my childhood and growing up 
I've never moved. Wow. See, I've always thought that was so cool. I've known people that have said, like, oh, that's my childhood home. I, my whole memories are there. I'm like, wow. Like, I moved, like, every other year. You know, I think I'm actually more attached to our backyard than I am the actual home. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have great memories there but you know i'm not i'm not super sentimental when it comes to most things mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm really just more attached to the memories and my family more than i am the actual structure of the building but yeah i uh, i'm a pastor's kid and i i've never known not church <laughs> um and i i have a lot of friends that you know, grew up in ministry, and uh, it always makes me sad when they talk about that as being a negative. Uh, it it really does it really does grieve my heart, and it also grieves me when people say, "Oh, I can't do something because I didn't grow up in church," or "I'm not a pastor's kid, so I can't do that." It's like, um, have you read the Bible though? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know how many different types of people? that God used and it wasn't about who they are it was about their willingness to say yes to the call of God on their life right and so whenever someone is you know of the mindset of God can't use me because and then whatever excuse they plug in I'm just like no that's not how this works I you know yeah. I'm I'm extremely grateful for for my upbringing for my background and I think God can use that but I also think that he can use anybody that he chooses as long as they say yes for sure and life isn't perfect for anybody and no matter how great of a story how great of a childhood you had there's always there's always bumps there's there's always ups and there's downs because that's how you learn like you don't really learn a whole lot from success you learn more from from the failures and the hard knocks of life because you see oh that's how stuff works or that's how it didn't work so um yeah i mean i think it's it's that's the beauty in it yeah you know yeah. It's the beauty and and the longer i've been in this and of course like you've probably seen it since you were a child because you were in a minister's home seeing different people but for me the longer i've been out here the more i've seen how the different people that god's using such different backgrounds, such yeah. different stories, but they're each unique and beautiful. And yeah. I think it and gives we us... all have the responsibility to say yes. Exactly. Exactly. God still gives us that mm -hmm. choice. Like, yeah. will you do this? And I think it comes back to, I'm just going to quickly go reference this real quick. We talked about how different we are and how different our stories are about getting here. But I think the one thing that they have in common is that we've just been available to oh, absolutely. Do, like, and I look back at when I was in Bible school, and I can honestly say that some of the opportunities that I was offered, it was simply because I didn't care what the opportunity, what it was necessarily. I just, I was just available to help in yeah. anything. And you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I honestly think that's why we're such good friends is because that's such a part of, of who, who we are, are yeah. as, as individuals. And we have that commonality. It's just like, Sure, I'll do that. Yeah, like, it's just it, helping it where needed. Yeah, it's not right. about what you do or what your title is or anything yeah. like that. It's just you just help. And sometimes when people ask me, "Oh, how did you get here?" My answer is, "Uh, I washed the dishes." Yeah, <laughs> because that was 
one of the first things that I did when I got to Bible school, I saw that like they were, I had just filled out an, an application to work in the school's kitchen and I saw that they were really busy and I was like, well, I know you haven't hired me, but can I help you wash the dishes? Like you seem a little, a little busy. Like, can I help? And that was how everything, all of my involvement at IBC and then moving forward started with that, with just me offering yeah. to wash the dishes and, I wasn't thinking about it in the sense of, ooh, what will this lead to? What position could this get me? I just wanted to help because yeah. I've never, it was needed. You know, really, like, I, I don't think if I, if I would have known whenever I offered to help in some areas that the, that would give me opportunities oh, later on. Oh, I probably on. wouldn't have done yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but it's been quite cool to see how yeah. God works. And yeah. again, just because I know that now doesn't mean like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to help because no, I my heart is still in the whole, right, just like, right. are, are am I available? Do I have the time to help here? You know, and sometimes it actually breaks my heart to be so busy sometimes because <laughs> I'm not like... I want to be more available to just help mm-hmm. where needed. But anyway, that will get on a rabbit trail if we keep going that that direction. Let's address what I would like to call the elephant in the room, or I guess we should call it the goat in the room. Because if you heard the beginning of this podcast, I'm I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> it, no, I'm sorry. Okay, it took 40 minutes. I'm sorry that it took 40 minutes or 30 oh, okay. minutes or however long we edit this to be um, <laughs> to get here. But basically, um, I had most of the say when it came to decisions regarding this podcast. As it was in, really, it was really it was adorable my- how you would do it though, because you would say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" But you had already actually made up your mind Very and I was much. just like yeah sure let's go yeah with it. okay so I came up with the name and basically like the the visual all that yeah so basically I did that to Kara and then she just asked can I have one thing <laughs> and I know that I was making all the decisions so she wanted one thing and her one thing was the goat so <laughs> I'll let her tell you yeah so um my my mom loves goats <laughs> and she grew up on a farm uh she was actually a missionary's kid in africa so there were a couple different farms that she grew up on uh and she's always loved goats we live in a city so not really a popular option and my dad joked around one time about getting her a goat and she was like, uh, no, you can't get me a goat. Like, we have a dog, and it is so hard to find someone to watch the dog whenever we need to leave town. Can you imagine how hard it will be to find a goat sitter? And it was like this adorable argument that happened between them. And I just remember hearing this happen. And for a minute, I thought that they were legitimately mad at each other. And I remember being a child and being like, why are they arguing about a goat? This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And then, you know, they they finished their discussion and I realized like, Oh, they weren't actually mad at each other. My dad was teasing her the whole time. (laughs) He would never intended to actually get her a goat. He was just messing with her. I hope your parents hear this. I really do too. Um, and so it was, it's just this fond memory that I have. And actually every time I see a goat, it makes me think of that, of first my mom, because she just loves goats so much. And then I remember just, that little 
teasing conversation slash argument that they had between each other where as a small child I thought that they were actually angry and then I realized like no they're they're not angry and this is actually really beautiful because they're just they're just having fun and talking about a goat (laughs) and kind of like what I'm doing and so yeah that's uh that's what the goat is for it just reminds me a little bit about my childhood and how much I love and appreciate my parents and how much they love and appreciate each other. That's beautiful. So yeah, that's, that's, beautiful. that's get... the goat in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goat in the room. And I'm sure uh, people will continue to ask about it. Because I think anybody I've shared the trailer with um, has, has said, well, it's with the goat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just a glimpse into our childhoods because um, the whole point I think where the name A Global Journey came about for me was that I feel like it resonates so much with my life because I moved around a lot Mm. and then I moved countries and here I am. Here we are, you know. (laughs) Um, So and the goat is a resonance of of childhood memory for you. So praise (laughs) God for childhood memories. All right, let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll be having um, more episodes where we'll be interviewing some ministers people that are ministering around the world so it'll be exciting to be able to bring them onto the podcast as well as interviewing some people that are local yeah so we're gonna do um some different aimer stories just reach out to some of our friends that are in aim currently or have done aim or maybe it would even be cool to do some that are you know filling out the application process and are working towards being an aimer uh but yeah you know, kind of doing that. And then also with aimers that are from the UK working in the UK, we're going to have a series called Aim Fails. Uh, I'm oh. really excited for that one. <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm excited for that one. That yeah. one's going to be fun. Don't be us. Don't do what we've yeah. we failed in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you learn from the failures, but learn from our failures. Yeah, exactly. And then go make some of your own. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I think is just probably going to be a favorite is uh field wars yeah so if you're listening right now and you are an aimer in a different field outside of the uk uh we we may reach out to you (laughs) yeah we will probably reach out to you because we won't say too much about what uh this segment is because we'll we'll leave you in the unknown but but, it's gonna be awesome but it's gonna be great and (laughs) i'm really looking forward to it Um, and just to end this is a question that we will be asking everybody that joins our podcast and I believe that is it is only right for us to ask ourselves this question so Kara um in a few words for you what does it mean to be a global Christian few words uh person of few words I am not uh but I will try very hard (laughs) um to me to be a global Christian basically means to be a Christian and you can't be a Christian where you're at without being a global Christian, no matter where you are right now, where you're going to go. It's just, it's being a Christian and having a burden for your world and desiring to spread the news about who Jesus really is and wanting to do that to every single person you meet, but to have a broader vision past what you physically can reach but to pass it on or to enable someone else to pass it on and to be a global christian to me is just 
being Christ-like and being a Christian and implementing that in every facet of life and in, in every possible way and to just follow the Great Commission to spread who Jesus really is and who he wants to be in our individual lives. Yeah, I think like like Kara said, to respond to that Great Commission, mm-hmm. you know, I when I think about what it means to be a global Christian, I always think about how much my my mindset changed after my second year of Bible school. My second year of Bible school was very was an internship and very practical in its nature. And during one of the classes that I took, Mission of the Church, it even though I always felt like I was pretty missions minded and mm. I guess I could say I was a global Christian, I really think that that just changed certain things for me because it reminded me that no matter where I go, mm-hmm. no matter where God leads me and takes me, yeah. whether it's continually being on the field forever and ever and ever, <laughs> or if he was to send me to go back to my home country, whichever one of the two it is, <laughs> um, I know that it is my call to be a global Christian there. And that, you know, like you said, Kara, it's just, it's that call to just be a Christian. Yeah. That to know that God has called us to reach our world, to know that the mission field is your next door neighbor, to mm-hmm. know that the mission field is everywhere you go. Yeah. You, you know, I've, I've had to go back and do short deputations three times since being here in Scotland. And every time I feel like God just grows my burden for the the states that I visit because yeah. God reminds me that that's a mission field too. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's crazy because the more you're exposed to these different places, the more you see how every place, no matter where you're at. So I know that maybe we have some people that are going to be listening from the UK or from the US or maybe even other countries I don't know but wherever you're at that's your mission field wherever you're called wherever God has you being that's your mission field and so for me as well I think being a global Christian is truly embracing what it means to be a Christian to have a missional mindset Mm -hmm. a missional lifestyle in everything that you do but I do hope and expect that, you know, and the process and the journey of this podcast, that um, my understanding of what it means to be a global Christian will also grow because I think that we'll be hearing from so many missions minded ministers that have been in this a lot longer than I have. And so I hope to be able to, to gain some insight as well from them. Yeah. And uh, as we interview them, we hope to connect global Christians to other global Christians and connect them to the burden and connect them to the journey. Well, there you have it. A quick, not so quick introduction to a global journey podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with other global Christians and connect with us on social media, a global journey podcast on Facebook and a global journey on Instagram or visit our website www.aglobaljourney.com. Until next time, and thanks for listening to A Global Journey Podcast.